This is your daily reminder. Stop focusing on things you don't want in life. Think about what is missing in your life and you talk to your friends about it and you put your attention and your energy on it in your telephone conversations and you go to sleep thinking about what is missing and you have this kind of an energy system going on for you, you will continue to have what you are thinking about show up in your life and you'll see more and more and more of missingness continue to show up. You can't think about and put your energy on what is missing unless you want it to keep being that way in your life. So that's the first thing you want to shift. That's the first obstacle to reaching this state of what I call intention. Secondly, if you put your thoughts on what is, you will continue to attract what is into your life. Now, I'm going to suggest something very strange up here right now. I told you when it gets weird. That you have the ability to put your attention on an inner mantra that I have recorded in a CD called Meditations for Manifesting that came to me from a teacher 2,300 years ago named Patanjali in India who taught people at that time when this is before the Middle Ages, this was like when people hadn't been out of caves too long, was teaching people how to levitate and was teaching people how to bilocate and was teaching people how to have the gift of fish and loaves 300 years before Jesus showed up on this planet. And his aphorisms of Patanjali are a big part of the spiritual solution to every problem. And what, the, what he suggested at that time is a meditation called japa. And this meditation is something where you take your attention, your inner energy, off of what is and onto what you intend to manifest and you repeat the sound that is in the name of God as an inner mantra and by repeating this sound, you attract the energy from outside of yourself that is the source from which you emanated to cooperate with you and literally collaborate with you to shift it into whatever it is that you intend to manifest. And you can do this with money. You can do this with uh, getting pregnant if you haven't been able to do that. You can get it with uh, selling your home. You can get it. And if you take a look at 300 years later, 400 years later, um, John the Baptist uh, writes in the New Testament the opening line of the, New Test of, the, of, of the book of John in the New Testament. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the word was God as strange as it may sound to you based upon the conditioning that you have had just like Ivan Illich the repetition of the sound as an inner mantra is a way of getting in the gap and it is a way of when you repeat this sound attracting whatever energy that dormant forces that are out there into your life to have whatever you need show up. And all I can say to you is, I stand up here before you tonight from my heart telling you that it has always worked for me.
It is a meditation practice. It is so powerful, and I can't tell you how many people have been practicing it, including Gary, who spoke to you here today. And there is absolutely no limit to what you can attract into your life simply by practicing it. I have put it on CD. I've put it in Getting in the Gap. I teach it. I, I donate all of the proceeds from it to charities because I was asked to teach it but to take no money for it. And I've been doing it for, for several years now. If your thoughts are on what is, let's just say you've got a disease process. Cancer, arthritis, the flu, a cold. If your thoughts are on, if you get a sniffle and your thoughts are on, this is in my nose today, but tomorrow it'll be in my throat. On Wednesday, it'll be down in my chest. On Thursday, I'll probably have a fever. I'm going to have to take Friday off. Now, it's Monday morning, and you've got a sniffle, and in your mind, you're taking Friday off with a fever. If this is how you have trained your mind to work, to put your attention on the circumstances of your life, self-actualizing people, Abraham Maslow was a great teacher of mine. I was blessed to know him. I was blessed to be one of his uh, devotees. He died on the 14th of June, 1970, in the same hour that I walked across the stage at Cobo Hall in Detroit receiving my Ph.D., in the same hour. He passed the baton on. He said, I've taught self-actualization to the academic world. Now you take it to the masses. And Maslow said, self-actualizing people are distinguished from everybody else with this sentence. They must be what they can be. They must be what they can be. And one of those ten secrets for success and inner peace is that you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. And know this, that your mind created everything in your life that you call a problem. And self-actualizing, highly functioning people who live at these extremely, extraordinarily high levels of consciousness never put their thoughts on what is if they don't like what is. Because if your thoughts are on what is and you despise what is, and if you look at poor people, if you look at unsuccessful people, if you look at sickly people, if you look at tired people, if you look at addicted people, you will, be, you will see people who put their attention constantly on their problems, on what is wrong, on what isn't working, on what I can't do, and so on. They'll tell you about it. They'll focus on it. And when you think, when your thoughts are on what is, and what you think about is what expands, you continue to attract more of what is into your life. When I had a practice, I had a woman who came to me who said, I have been, I just went through a divorce seven months ago, and I've been dating, and I've dated four different men, and all four of them have used me as a sex object. And every single one of them called me up after the first date and, uh, you know, t were mistreating me, and they didn't have any respect for me, and that was the end of it. And she said, I'd like to, you to talk to all four of these men. <laughs> and I said, there's only one common denominator here. You are attracting into your life what you are putting your attention on. It's called the Job effect. You can't think about what, what is missing, and you can't think and put your energy and talk about what is if you don't like what is. Can't do that, unless you want more of that to show up. Third, you cannot put your attention or your thoughts or your energy on what always has been. 
If you put your thoughts or your energy on what always has been, what always has been is what will continue to show up into your life. What always has been is the wake of a boat. Your life is a boat. It's heading up the river at that, in that direction. And it's heading there at 40 knots. And you're standing on the stern, and you're looking down at the water. And as the boat goes in this direction, here you are looking down into the water. And what do you see? You see the wake. And what is the wake? The wake is the trail that is left behind. That's what the wake of your life is. That's what the wake of the boat is. And if you ask yourself the question, what's driving the boat? What's making this thing head in this direction? The answer is the present moment energy that is being generated by the engine and nothing more is what's making the boat go in this direction. And then if you ask yourself this key question, is it possible for the wake to drive the boat? Can a trail that is left behind make a boat go in this direction? What's the answer? Impossible, isn't it? And so too is it impossible for the wake of your life, the trail that you've left behind, to be the reason why your life is going in this direction. It is not because of anything that has happened back here. That's an illusion that we live under. What has happened back here is a trail. The choices you make in this moment, and if your thoughts are on what always has been, this is the way we've always done things, this is the kind of person I am, I can't change, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, all of those cliches that have become so much a part of our life, if your thoughts are on what always has been, and you despise what always has been, you will continue to attract more of what always has been, even though you despise it. It works that way. So you can't think about what's missing, what is, and what always has been. And it gets worse. You cannot think about and put your attention on what they want or expect for you if you want that to change in your life. And there's no shortage of people who have an opinion about what it is that you should be or shouldn't be or how you should be doing it. Most of these are your relatives. I have a wonderful book in mind to write. It's called Your Friends Are God's Way of Apologizing for Your Relatives. <laughs> but if I talk to your relatives, they laugh too. So <laughs> we all have this idea that the reason I'm not getting where I'd like to be, particularly with young people and working with young people over the years, it's because my parents want this and my parents think that and my parents won't let me do this. And, because, and I always say, well, but why are you so attached to what your parents think? Well, these are my parents and I have to do it. I said, you, don't ha you can listen to it. You can take it in, but you, you don't have to embrace it. You don't have to follow by, live by that. And certainly when you become adults, when you, you know, if, if there are people out there who, who convince you that you should or shouldn't be doing this or that, then you're going to continue to attract exactly what it is that they have their attention on. So if you put your thoughts on what they want for you, you tell everybody else about how, how it makes you go from being blissed to pissed just by being in their presence, just by being on the telephone with them, that person, that in-law, that mother, that father, that grandparent, that child, that uh, it, whoever it might be, is giving you or even your neighbors or your friends or whomever 
your coworkers are telling you what you should or shouldn't be, and you don't like the advice that they're giving, and you resent very strongly. One of the ten secrets for success in inner peace says there are no justified resentments. Your resentments are things that destroy you. So if your thoughts are on what they want for you, and what they want for you is something you don't like, you will continue to attract more of and use the attractor energy of the universe to attract more of what they want for you, even though you are upset about it. So here you go. There are four things that you can't do with your mind if you want to move into this state of intention that I'll be speaking about tomorrow. And these are, you cannot put your thoughts on what's missing, on the circumstances of your life, on what you always have been, or what others want for you. So you have to learn to do a somersault into the inconceivable and only put your thoughts or your attention on what you intend to manifest for yourself. Every thought that you have is an energy. Everything in the universe is an energy. And when you have a thought that is a thought that weakens you, which Hawkins speaks about so brilliantly in Power Versus Force, that thought the 10th secret in 10 secrets says, wisdom is avoiding all thoughts which weaken you. And thoughts change and make you strong or weak depending upon whether or not, what you're thinking at any given moment. The instant that you put something into your body and hold it close to it, the moment that you move into the energy field of someone who is negative, and I'll be speaking more about this tomorrow afternoon and doing a little bit more of, of demonstration on it, that everything in this universe is an energy. I have the prayer of St. Francis, on a, uh, and which I'll re be reciting tomorrow, and Sky will sing for you tomorrow, on a, uh, on a card that is um, produced by a woman who lives in a wheelchair. And also, and, we, and all it takes is to have, to be in the energy field. If I had, if I had Linda hold this, um, up next to her, it would strengthen her. Just the words. Energy is in everything. And here's one of the most powerful notions about how you move into this area of bringing higher energy to the presence of lower energy in your life to strengthen rather than weaken you. It was on the wall of the ashram where Mother Teresa lived. And it goes like this. If you want to know tonight what to do, and what to think, and how to bring this energy to you, listen to these words. And put these, as I said, the, the money that's collected on these goes to a woman who lives in a wheelchair who has the intention to not be dependent. And you stick this on there, and you, and you know, your children just have to walk by these words. And the energy, it touches and impacts them. Just like the music, the CD, even carrying it around. It's why I knew that Sky's CD would strengthen rather than weakening. You can take the prayer of St. Francis, which she sings on there, put that on your, in your car and play it in a moment of frustration or anguish in, a, in, in traffic. And you know what? You can move the traffic. I know you laugh and you think that that kind of thing is impossible. There is nothing that you can't do when you shift your energy from energies that weaken to energies that strengthen. And this is what Kent Keith had written and what Mother Teresa lived by. She said, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may 
accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone may destroy overnight. That's particularly relevant in America, isn't it? Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you have anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it's all between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway.